0: Hi friends, welcome to The Faithful Podcast, stories of people who walked by faith and gained a fuller understanding of the faithfulness of God. I'm your host, Stephanie Baker. Thanks so much for listening today. My guest for this episode is Kendra Pope. Kendra is a mama to seven little ones and she's living in Rector, Pennsylvania. She and her husband serve with City Kids Camp, a Christian sports camp for urban youth. Kendra is a blogger and a speaker, and she has a passion for sharing her joy in the midst of the illness of her son, Judah. I know that you will love Kendra, and I pray that this episode is a blessing to you. So please enjoy part one of my interview with Kendra Pope. Kendra, I'm so excited that you're able to chat today. Welcome to the Faithful Podcast. Hi, I'm so glad to be here, Stephanie. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, Kendra, you and I met at Kids Across America Camps. Yes. (laughs) Yep. You know. Yep. That was many, many years ago, but some of my very best memories come from the time that I was a counselor there and... Um, I think you were there both, I was there two summers, and I'm pretty sure you were there for both of them. Do you remember what years you worked yeah. there? I, mm 2003,
1: mm-hmm. 4, 5, and 6.
0: Yeah, well then we definitely, I think I was there in oh three and oh four. so yeah, mm-hmm. that that was awesome. I loved it there. We were at the, were you at the
1: middle school camp the whole time? Yes, KAA2. It yes. was an incredible experience. Really life-transforming for me.
0: Oh, it was. And, you know, I I loved the directors at the time, Eric and Joelle. Um, great, great people. And one of the things that um, Joelle said that's always, like, stood out to me was, like, you know, they always use the expression that, like, you're going out into the real world. And she always mm-hmm. made it, like, nope, this is the real world. This is the world that— Is bringing glory to God, and that is, you know, worshiping God all day, every day, and that's the way that the real world should be. And always, that always really stuck with me. I really liked that about um, the way that we did camp. Plus, it was just so much fun. I was exhausted at the end of every single day, but woke up with Uh so much energy.
1: And never stopped sweating for one single second ever. Even in the shower, we oh were sweating. Gosh.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. And we ate, it I mean, it. the food was delicious. I, I know it wasn't gourmet, but it was my kind of food, cafeteria food. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> came home thinking I would be so much thinner from how much I worked out. But I know we just ate a ton, too. We <laughs> <So. laughs>
1: Carb loaded us.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. But... Um, I'm just really excited for people to hear what you're going to say today. I know you you have so much wisdom and just grace in the way that you speak, and I'm really excited for folks to hear a lot of what God's doing in your life right now. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're you've been up to these days?
1: Well, I have been up to a ton of momming, a ton of watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. That, I mean, that really absorbs probably most of my time for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, seven children and wow. a, a son with special needs, ranging in ages from 12 is my oldest all the way down to two years old. So that's a majority of my time, what I'm doing, I'm parenting, I'm running here and there, trying to keep the kids busy, trying to keep them healthy, you mm-hmm. know, all the things. And then I'm also writing um, started a blog and working on my first book. Um, That's awesome. That's what, when I have a little bit of extra time, I find myself reading, writing, or learning about how to write just to, you know, have another opportunity just to bring God more glory with my words. That's so
0: cool. Um, I've read a lot of your blog and it's beautifully written and it's very, um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's some really, really, um, encouraging stuff. And, um, bef- where,
1: what is your blog called? When hope is real. It's when hope is real.
0: And, com. And
1: the whole of that thing is, Hey, life is good when our hope is real. Mm. And so I just want, I want to be inspiring people to live, um, freely and joyfully and victoriously with Jesus, even when things are hard. Um, Amen. So when hope is, this is what life can look like with Jesus.
0: I love that. And I apologize to those listening. We do record at home and my dogs generally will bark at some point in there. <laughs> and right now they've chosen to do it at the beginning of the interview. They're very, very professional. So sorry to those that, that may hear that in there, but uh, we're just two moms finding some time in the day to chat, so this is real That's life, right? right?
1: <laughs> That's right. You're my kids in a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mine are right now probably watching a movie, so they're going to be fairly quiet, mm-hmm. but they're a little older than yours. So, <laughs> they, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so tell us how you came to know Jesus.
1: Well, I uh, was raised in the church. Um But I knew of God and that He loved me and that He was just a gracious and forgiving God. But until I was about 19 years old, I didn't understand, fully grasp the depth of my need for His grace and forgiveness. So I um, was a church-going girl, but that was pretty much the only day until I was 19 that I really spent with God. Thinking about God other than when I was either really scared or sad or I needed something. And then when I was 19 years old at the University of Mississippi, um, I had been attending church as a college student because I just knew it was kind of the right thing to do. Um, And I had joined a Bible study and become a part of a campus ministry there on campus. And God had been just tapping, tapping, tapping on the door of my heart through sermons I was listening to, through Bible studies I was attending. And in my little house, uh, my sophomore year, I was—I came home after a ministry event, really just hungry still, and like so, I opened up the Bible and I just was reading His Word, and all of a sudden, Stephanie, like I was fully aware of the depth of my sin and who I mm-hmm. was as a. Sin. For the first time, at 19 years old, I recognized what He had actually done for me. So I would mm-hmm. say that was my. Uh, conversion experience as a 19-year-old college student, just in His Word, by myself, at home. But boy, He had been working on my heart up to that point, whispering things to me, just kind of knocking on that door, um, offering salvation. And I, um, that in that one evening, just finally said yes and gave my life to the Lord. And that following summer was my first summer at KAA. Woo! So, all right. Yeah, he really used camp to really establish some... I'm sorry for that dinging.
0: I (laughs) I was checking if it was on my end, but I think it's you.
1: (laughs) It's me. Let's see. Let's see if I can turn it off. So yeah, he really used KAA to establish um, some great faith foundations in my life too. But also I had been going to church all my life. So with that combined, we... We had a solid uh, start there at at 19 years old, and ever since then, I always tell people it's been a microwave of a life for me. I was a counselor one summer, then I was on leadership, then I was a director, then I was getting married, then I was having kids, and God just really cooked me fast. yeah, (laughs) Spiritually, if you will, I just was so hungry, and He grew me so quickly and is still just maturing my faith day by day, but... That's how I came to know him.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I would have never ever known that like you were, you know, pretty new in I guess understanding of uh yes. who you were in never, Christ. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I came to camp, I had never shared the gospel fully with anybody. I learned at camp how to do that. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um I think that's that's really neat because I think a lot of us do Grow up in a church. We learn to follow the rules. We do things the right way, and we feel like we're good. And um, you know, I've always heard of like sin. As I don't, I'm going to probably mess up this analogy, but like a lot of times, it's like we're in this well, and we're like sitting on these boards, and like we think this is the this is the bottom right here. This is when I deal with Mm -hmm. this, then I'm good. We've gotten to the depths of my (laughs) depravity. And then like, Mm -hmm. you know, those are knocked out from under us or we deal with that and we realize, Uh oh my gosh, it's so much deeper than we realized. And I think that's, that's God's grace to not reveal it all to us at once, but also to let us keep, keep growing in that. I mean, it's like a good personal trainer. They're not going to, you know, expect you to be running a marathon right away, but they're not going to stop just because you can finally, you know, run a mile without stopping. They, they're going to push you and give you achievable goals almost. But God's gracious like that. He's just going to show you a little bit at a time. <laughs> so right. Yeah. Um. So the podcast is about people who walk by faith. They gain understanding of God's faithfulness. And you're going through a really tough time right now. Um, this is how mm-hmm. we kind of reconnected is because of some posts that I'd seen on social media from you um, that— yeah. You know, can you can you share a little bit with us about what you're going through right now with your son?
1: Yeah, well, our journey with Judah started three years ago. Right now, um, today, um, he which is the timing of this interview is everything God knew. You know, yeah. the right time for this uh, this interview. But his seizures are. Um, at a high numbers right now. So it's a it's a mm-hmm. difficult time for me as a mom right now. His um, condition began three years ago. It's a, uh, what they call an intractable form of epilepsy. Mm. It's a condition called FIERS, um, which stands for Febrile Infection Related Epileptic Syndrome. Okay. And um, there is no known origin, nor really a path of treatment for his disease. The kid is... Literally one in a million. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah, it has been uh, the most um, devastating journey, but God has just been so faithful in the midst. So as far as Judah goes right now, um, he's nonverbal. He has a feeding tube and he has a trach. Mm-hmm. Um, which just helps him help, helps keep his airway open. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we have to care for those things. And then, um, he's also immobile. And so he is in a wheelchair when we get him up out of bed, but he does spend most of his time in bed either with us or without us, um, reading books, cuddling next to him, or just giving him some time by himself with his favorite light machine, Mm um, but he still, we have never been able to get his seizures under control. Um, we have, you know, looked into every option at this point that is known to man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have had to just to continue to literally live without seeing, believing, which is by faith, uh, that God truly is working something good through this for our son. And the reason why I commented on the timing of this interview is just because he's not in an in an amazing place. Um, mm. For the past couple of weeks, his seizures have increased again. Which they just do that. It's like they have a life of their own.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that's very difficult. But um, we just came off of like three and a half months of a very low count of seizures, and we were getting some good, sweet interactions with him. So that was awesome. But when the seizures come back, he can't interact with us as much. So today. Mm. That is where we are. Yeah. When you say
0: um, he's having these seizures often, how how often is he having seizures?
1: Well, in his worst times, Stephanie, it's, it's so sad. There are hundreds in a day. Um, okay. They're almost constant. He does not get a lot of rest. Um, but in his best times, he could not have any in a day or under 5 or under 10 in a day and very small. Um, so... Right now, he's, he's not in his worst place, but he's just at a very high count right now where it's kind of hard for him to rest. It's definitely hard for him to interact by raising his eyebrows and smiling like he does sometimes because mm-hmm. um, he's so tired from having seizures that he'll sleep um, instead of be able to interact with us between.
0: How, how old was he when this uh, began?
1: He was five years old when it began, when he had his very first seizure, and he is now eight years old. He has grown. Um, We just think that God has just been so faithful to even just keep his body uh, these past three years, like physically, because he's in bed a lot. He's just hasn't had as many issues that we often hear about, and we just praise God for that, um, yeah. for kids or adults who are in bed a lot or in their wheelchairs a lot. Um, mm-hmm. so we definitely um, are thankful for that, but he's eight now, and he is growing like a weed. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So um, how has this affected your family?
1: Well, I mean, I think you know there have been some negative effects, and there have been some very positive ones. Um, and I think it's a it definitely has affected us all differently. But um, on the negative side, I mean, we are we're wounded. We have a loss um, that we grieve of you know our healthy Judah, our healthy sweet boy, and that all of his siblings grieve as well. Um, Mm -hmm. he has two siblings that are right now two and three, so they don't necessarily have memories of him when he was healthy, Mm -hmm. but, um, all the rest of us do. So we, it's definitely a wound. Um, it's a heartbreaking story that it doesn't have that happy ending and that, um, neat bow tied on top of it, all nice and pretty, for us, but it does. It is, this story is full of a faithful God whose moment by moment grace is just enough. Like it just really is. And so in our children, you know, we see different things on the negative side. It's, there's some anxiety that a couple of them deal with, and there's a lot more fear that we see in our children, but on the positive side, see a lot of compassion mm. in our children. We see a lot of depth of understanding that we don't see in other kids their age and also a depth of faith yeah. and um, a faith that honestly was young when it was assaulted by this loss. Mm. Um, and so we have had conversations with our kids that many people don't have to have until well into their adult years about why God moves as He does and why we are sovereignly allowed to suffer at times and what that looks like biblically. So those have been some really positive things that have come from um, Judah's condition. Yeah.
0: Man, I mean, it's incredibly hard to go through, but I I can only imagine as a, as a child going through that, watching that with your sibling. Yeah. Like you talked about compassion. That is... Yeah, something that everybody in this world needs more of, and I think a lot of times our our kids are are lacking in it. Um, maybe because we we don't, they're not forced to kind of foster that, I guess. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I I'm I, sorry,
1: go ahead. I think too, with our kids, one of the tougher things that we had to encounter from pretty much the first month of when Judah's condition began was not having. Uh, answers for them, you know, just not being able to fix it for them. I mean, on one level, it was excruciating not being able to fix it for Judah, Mm -hmm. but not being able to fix it for our other kids either and just say, oh, you know what, this is going to be over on next Tuesday and we're going to move on from here. You know, um, that's been difficult as a parent. And I think for children to see that that their parents don't always have the answers at such a young age is difficult. But within that, wrapped up in that, we have been able to give them the answers that are truth from yeah. God's word, which is that He works all things together for mm-hmm. the good of those who love Him. And even though we don't understand exactly what that looks like in this situation, we do see Him producing fruit. We do see Him producing good. So, yeah, that's, there's that too.
0: That's awesome. I think that's. Um, something that will set your children apart in a lot of ways and help them to be advocates for for so many others that um, that may be going through difficult stuff or maybe have kids with special needs. And I think that's just incredible because kids. I, I mean, I'm a teacher.
1: Kids can be cruel, mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, you know, so I mean, my to each other too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm sure they're not they're not angels just because they've gone through difficult stuff but you know it makes them right. it, it brings about an awareness that um there's something beyond me and um there are people that have have needs and that you know I can serve others and I can represent Christ in this time and I mean that's yeah that's a a great positive to bring your kids for this situation but it it doesn't make the you know, the unknown, the uncertainty, the, um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to know answers. I know my my daughter especially, she likes to plan out her day. She wants to know exactly mm-hmm. what's going to come. And it's really funny to me because I'm always like, I mean, I have a general rough idea what tomorrow might hold, but I don't know. And yeah, <laughs> trying yeah. to teach that to her is so hard sometimes. So I can only imagine with your your really little ones, like. You know, there's so much uncertainty, but we're going to trust God in this. And, you know, God has given us um, this sibling. You know, God has given us, given me this son that, um, yeah. that needs me and that I love and that I want the best for. And I'm going to be faithful every day, you know, no matter what. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I can only imagine how hard all of this is. But is there something about this that you feel like has been maybe the hardest part?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think without question, the absolute hardest part has been um, just leaving my son's life in, in God's hands. Um, and this has had to happen over and over and over again. And I think, you know, as Christian parents, many of us, when when we— just have the blessing of bringing a child into the world, we pray and we we give those children to the Lord in a sense. We pray over them and for them that, you know, God would just use them or have a, that they would have a great love for Him. And we mm-hmm. just kind of dedicate our children to Him in those ways. But, you know, when this happened and, and God was really just so near at the, in the darkest times. Yeah. But um, I remember sitting at the foot of his bed in the hospital and just having to open up my hands and just close my eyes and just say to, to the Lord, I can trust you
0: mm.
1: with my son if you take him home. Wow. And I had to really, I had to physically open my hands and just let him down because at this point, we didn't know what the outcome would be. But the doctors had informed us that it was not looking good at all. And by faith, we, of course, we didn't want to hear that. And we just kept believing for the best. Um, But I remember just laying him down. That was the absolute most excruciating thing. Um, And just telling the Lord, "I, I I trust you. I can trust you if you take him home. I can trust you. But even in that statement, you know, I was kind of not giving the option of leaving him here, still struggling with the condition, you know? So it's had to happen, Stephanie, over Mm -hmm. and over and over again. In fact, yesterday it had to happen again because, you know, when you see your child struggling with anything, we, you know, as parents sometimes can let them struggle a little bit because we know, okay, failure is a part of the process. Let's just keep our hands off of it and let's let them experience it this time. But for the most part, we love to sweep in and save the day, yeah. <laughs> you know, and fix their problems, especially when it's something that it's out of their league and we just want to make it right for them. And so with Judah going kind of back into this place where his seizure count is up again, um, I just, I went through it all over again, Stuff just like, okay, Lord, I have to I have to feel feeling like I had to lay him down again. And I'm telling you, it's happened a thousand times in the past three years. Um, mm-hmm. But as a parent, you know, I just want to jump to, okay, how can I fix it? Yeah. And what I've learned on this journey is that God, every time, you know, the ups and downs with Judah come around, God is asking me just to trust him again and just to completely... Not that I don't actively care for my son, but to completely surrender the control that we can believe that we have back over to him again. Mm. Um, And it's not easy. Like, even as I tell you, like, I have tears in my eyes just because it's just, we just want to fix things for our kids and especially things that, you know, hurt them, you know? And so... Yeah, just all over again. So that's been the most difficult part, just continuing to trust and believe that God loves my Judah more than I do and that he has a good plan for his life, even though what I'm seeing with my physical eyes does not look like a good plan to this mama. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what I believe is what he tells me in his word, which is that he does truly work things, all things for good, Um for those who love him and are called and are called according to his purpose in Romans 8, 28 and 29. And so he really does love Judah. Judah knew Jesus. Judah knows Jesus. And so just by faith, kind of in spite of what I'm seeing, um, laying my son down and just believing that God really does have the best plan for him in mind has been the toughest.
0: Oh, Kendra, you're making me cry, girl. <laughs> That's, uh, that's sorry, a, sorry no it's on a Monday. <laughs> it's it's beautiful though. I mean it's it is such a reflection of the father's heart and um and I think that's I mean it's something that we we don't want to ima- imagine as parents and no, um absolutely not. you know we I try everything I can to protect my kids and yep. that is I've seen already, I mean, I have a teenage son um, and an 11 year old daughter and, you know, they, they're already there. There's, I can't protect them from everything. And, um, and then there's things that we can't see that even protect them from. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's so hard to, to remember. I mean, I know it, to remember that these aren't, my kids they belong to god and he's entrusted mm. them to me for you know for this time and man whew, that that's yeah. i don't know that's a lot to to wrap our heads around that
1: it really is and it has helped me too with my other kids to remember that you know, that they truly are theirs and he truly does have a unique journey for each one of my children. Judah has definitely helped me see that more clearly and he's got specific purposes in mind um, for each one of them, for his glory. It's been a good reminder of that.
0: Yeah. Um, so where, where do you find support and encouragement in this time?
1: Oh, I mean, first of all, I mean, my husband and I support one another, um, of course, Um, and we've had to have help through that journey. Um, And we see a Christian counselor, and he helps us navigate this with communication and just all the other things we have going on in our life. Um, So we have a Christian counselor that's also in a support and a also, a support and encouragement um, right. to us. Of course, the Lord and God's Word. I have never had to fight for just believing mm-hmm. as hard as I have to um, in these circumstances. And His Word is alive and active, yes. as Hebrews says, and it preserves my faith, saves my mind. Um. So, his word has definitely been a huge encouragement and support, and of course, his presence um these might be obvious things, but I feel like I have to say it because it's just so huge um, his presence and and the peace that he has left us is um the only reason that we can even we can do anything that we do so and also then friends, um, I have a couple of friends um that have really intentionally sought out connecting with me because of just our uh, level of adversity in this um, and just intentionally check in on me and how can I specifically pray for you, for Judah. Um, So all of those, all of those spaces are where I find support and encouragement.
0: That's, that's really great. I, um... As you were talking, you know, so I worked um, in OB for a while, and we saw Mm -hmm. a fair amount of people that dealt with loss in different forms, and, you know, that could be um, during pregnancy or shortly after birth. And, um, you know, I remember taking classes along the way just to learn how to support these these families. And, you know, they talked about how going through something difficult, especially when it involves a child it can, it can lead to divorce oftentimes. And like, um, um you know, I know that, um, you know, and I know that my approach toward marriage and I know you're as, as well as that, that's not, that's not an option. So we can't, we can't entertain right. that even if, you know, we wanted it, but it's, um, it really opened my eyes because, I think a lot of times, you know, we we grieve differently. We know that. We know that if I looked yes. at my best friend who lost, you know, a family member or whatever, they're going to grieve different than me. But for some reason with our spouse, we expect them to go through things exactly the same way. Yeah, and just get it. Yeah. And I think that seems like it's where a counselor serves such a huge purpose because, you know, it's a good thing we grieve differently because, you know— when one person's down, maybe the other person is actually having an okay day, and they're there, and they're able to you know, let's go do something fun, let's get our mind off of this, or you know vice versa. and um you know that's super important for a marriage, but we want we don't we what we think we want is someone who's exactly like us, but what we actually right, need right. is something different, and we have to learn to yeah. to see one another in the midst of this. and I think that that's um that's so important to go to you know counseling in the, in the in the difficult times and in the good. I mean I'm a huge um proponent of counseling yeah. and me too Yes. <laughs> um for when you I'm sorry you're go ahead. Healthy. for when you're healthy for when
1: you're not healthy for it just all the counseling
0: <laughs> cuz even in the good times marriage is hard like it's you know, yeah. we could be going through some of the easiest times in our life and we're still, you know, not seeing things the same way. And I, I love having someone on the outside that's like, okay, here's where you guys mm-hmm. are missing each other. And what can mm-hmm. we, you know, here's how you could communicate more directly what you're going through. And, you know, I, I'm just a huge fan of counseling. And
1: yeah, and Timotheus and I were experiencing such a significant amount of heaviness yeah, for such a period of time, that simple conversations just weren't going well. Mm-hmm. We um, It was just too much. And uh, I initially knew that I needed uh, the help of a counselor. And so I started seeing a Christian counselor a little over two years ago. We were about eight months into our journey with Judah. Mm-hmm. And then um, discovered through that, that yes, we needed to be you know, seeing somebody together and just work on our um, communication skills and um, our coping and our compassion toward one another and yeah, all the things.
0: You know, I think it's amazing that in the midst of going through probably one of the hardest things you'll hopefully ever have to go through yeah. and and like, being a mom to seven children just by itself, you found the time yeah. to go and get help. And I think that a lot of people— feel like they don't have that time. And it may seem like that on first glance, like there's there's just not enough hours in the day to go set aside, you know, 45 oh, minutes yeah. or an hour to go meet with somebody, you know, or find someone to take care of the kids or however it might be. But I, I think that that has to change the whole perspective of the rest of your day. Like
1: it has to. It, it does. It absolutely does. And and every time, and there there have been, you know, more difficult sessions where sometimes I come out of them and, you know, it's a little bit more, I need to do a little bit more processing. And then there have been just, but, you know, session by session through conversation, just recognizing and gaining clarity on where you are, being able to orient yourself. Even if it's just for one hour talking with somebody about where you are and what you're encountering in that particular week of your life, it's just... So needed, just so needed for our mm. mental health.
0: Yeah, that's great. So how do you feel like this experience has transformed you?
1: Um, mm, it's transformed me in in the best ways, the hardest, best ways. Um, it has definitely um, given me a deeper sense of compassion and has humbled me as a human being, um, in general to just, um, being able to admit that I do not control everything and that I, and, and that God does and yeah. he, he has a good plan and all of it has just humbled me. And, um, I would say the biggest way is that it has made me more eternally mindful on a consistent basis mm. As a believer, you know, when this began with Judah, I was attending church, Bible study, had my kids in discipleship programs and, you know, doing all the things that I just believe a faithful Christian parent should do. You know, we were living our best Christian life. But what I recognized was that I was, um, I'm going to use the term spiritually sleepwalking a little bit. Yeah. I had become comfortable in my Christianity and what this what this adversity did with our son was it snapped me out of that spiritual slumber. Um, in 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes a little bit about it and in Romans as well. And he says, we must not sleep like the rest, but we must be awake and sober. Um, yeah. And so I just, I was in a very comfortable place in my Christian walk and I had kind of been going through the motions. Um, I was having authentic experiences and relationship with the Lord, but this adversity definitely woke me up to eternity
0: Mm.
1: on a more consistent basis and in ways that I just hadn't been before. Mm. It took me to a new place in Mm. that I think about heaven all the time. I think about eternal impact all the time now. And I just didn't before. And it's only because daily I have my son here. That is my reminder that one day this will all be made new and he won't have to suffer another single seizure and he will run, fly, walk, whatever we're going to do in heaven Mm. freely and perfectly. And, without any hindrance. And so I think that's the biggest way that I, that I see a transformation. It's awakened me um, spiritually and um, kept me more consistently eternally mind minded, even though like we were serving in full-time ministry before this, like, yeah. you know, I, I can tell you that we were purposeful in our eternal mindsets before Judah, but now it's just completely different. I have an everyday constant reminder of eternity and the purposes that God um, has yeah. for suffering here in this life for the believer.
0: I think that's that's beautiful. I think that's um, so encouraging to focus on when things will be made right for this child. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that you can't fix now. Um, despite you know doing everything right, you're you're trying to get him the help that he needs. But you know, to to your knowledge and to the best of any expert's knowledge, right now there's there is no cure for this. Right, but, right. But after this life, you know, just how beautiful that is.
1: Oh yeah, it's on and it's on forever in perfection, and I cannot wait. Yes. <laughs> Um, so what has, um, what's, what do you
0: feel like has been the most unexpected blessing to come out of this?
1: Um, I honestly would have to say kind of the same thing, Stephanie. So just because of, because of my son's condition, having that constant push to eternity, Mm -hmm. um, It's been difficult, but it has been the biggest blessing because God, He just desires for each one of us to be so close. I mean, when Jesus prayed in John 17, that we would be one with Him, I mean, He just desires to have us so close to Him always. Mm -hmm. And I did not expect one of my children suffering to drive me to the Lord the way that it has uh, on a consistent basis. And... You know, I'm going to be very honest and tell you that there have been times that this has made me want to run, sprint straight away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. But in those moments, uh, God has, by His Holy Spirit, reminded me, like, like, he, like um, the disciples say to Him, "Lord, to whom would we go? For you have the words of eternal life." Mm. Um, in those moments that I that you know, the pain has caused me to want to run from God. The really, the biggest unexpected blessing is when the pain and the suffering has actually drawn me closer into more oneness, deeper, fuller knowledge of um, who God is and some of how he works.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, Yeah. So I think we kind of hit on this before, but um, what helps you to remain faithful to Jesus in the hard times?
1: Mm. I mean, honestly, it's calling myself back to truth. And God helps me to do that through my husband. And of course, by the power of His Holy Spirit, Um, Scripture is— the main thing that helps me to be faithful to Jesus uh, because it is truth. And I believe that I just have to believe it when I see it and believe me, there's a, there's a wrestling that goes on in my heart and my mind. Yeah. Um, but honestly, by the power of his Holy spirit, I am able to believe in the words that he has written and the promises that he has given us as his children and so His Word is, it's the foundation of um, any faithfulness that you might see in my life to Him. Yeah.
0: Are there any verses yeah. in particular that, um, or like maybe stories oh, in the Bible yeah, oh that God. are, you know, really encouraging to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll just give you Second um, Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, I believe it is. Um, has been a mainstay. And um, I'll just read that. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, of course. Okay, so it starts, therefore, we do not give up. And anytime you see it, therefore, in scripture, you know, we always want to kind of know what was before that. So what we have just learned in 2 Corinthians here is that the gospel is the treasure that we have mm-hmm. in this life. Therefore, we don't give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed. Our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary and light affliction Mm. is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what we see, but we focus on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. And those verses, I mean, they have been just life-saving to me over and over and over again. Just the reminder that because of the gospel, we don't give up. Mm-hmm. We don't give up because of the promise of the gospel. And I love how in verse 17, he calls our affliction light yep. <laughs> and momentary 70 because, oh. wait, what? This is not light. Yeah, it sure want, doesn't feel
0: light in the moment. In
1: the moment tell you this feels like a ton of bricks on my back yeah. but he calls it light and momentary in comparison to the eternal weight of glory that we have in store for us so that mm. just gives me an even broader vision of that eternal weight of glory in heaven mm. So then I'm reminded to fix my eyes on the unseen because what I'm seeing, Judah's suffering, our pain, it is all temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So that's a very special little portion of scripture that is constantly encouraging to me. Girl, you made me
0: cry again. <laughs> I am, a, I guess, very emotional today. But um, that verse, in light of what you're going through, is just it just speaks to me so deeply because you know we we think that what we're going through is is so hard and um one people around us are all we're all suffering um at various points at various times (laughs) and um two this is what is seen as temporary so what i'm looking at in front of me that you have we have no control over and um you know, despite my best efforts, I can't do anything to make it go away. It's temporary. And I have to right. keep that, that mindset that this hard stuff is light in, <laughs> in the temporary. It's small and temporary, and it feels huge because we're so close to it. But God, who is, you know, has this eternal vantage point and this out, you know, He's outside of time, it's small. But it's. It doesn't yep. mean he does. It doesn't mean he doesn't care about it, or that he's not, you know, very near to you in the midst of that. But just, just trust him. This is. This is temporary. What you don't see, so this is temporary.
1: eternal. Yeah, in light of eternity. Oh my gosh, it's just true. It's so temporary. It's a blink, even though it doesn't feel that way. That's the truth of um, what our lives are. Yeah
0: yeah so how has walking through this experience, how has it
1: changed your view of God? Ooh, oh my goodness. It has blown the tops off of all the boxes that I had God in for sure. yeah, I man, I like to tell the story of one day when I was driving to the hospital, and I just, in my anger and in my pain and in my grief, I just shouted out to him, I said, Who are you, Lord?' Because I felt like because of what was going on in front of me, like that I didn't know him anymore. Like I felt like betrayed or something like I I never thought this could happen to Mm -hmm. us, to me, to my children. And what that showed me was that I had God in some pretty big boxes like I obey you, you bless me. I do what you say. You do what I say. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we had a deal going on. Um. But that's just one area that I, I felt like Job, like, you know, when he brought me back around to my senses and out of my anger a little bit, it's like, I, I thought I knew you, mm-hmm. but now I have experienced like your glory. Basically, I just, I just had ideas about God that weren't from scripture. They were kind of just about what I had come to believe because of my experience in mm-hmm. life. Um and this experience helped me to see more of who God is that was always there in the scriptures. I just never had to see it that way because I wasn't suffering. And in and, and I mean, fortunately, in a ton of, you know, pain outwardly, circumstantially, even though I did have, you know, a lot of mmm tragedy I would say in my life before Judah's illness I still didn't really see that those um, circumstances in light of scripture like since I had been walking with the Lord Mm -hmm. life had been I mean pretty good to me and so I just had some beliefs where it was just like oh God you are so much bigger than I ever imagined and how could I have thought that I knew you Mm -hmm. like I thought that I knew you well. And it was, a, it was a, a worshipful kind of put me back into a space of awe and wonder at mm-hmm. his incomprehensible person, like at, at who he is that I had, I had lost. You know, I'm like, I know the promises of God. I know this, that I have this as his child and he's good and he's blah, blah, blah. But man, when you have a situation that's painful in your life. And you are still, you know, he brings you to a place where you're still able to see him as good. Um, it's just a different, <laughs> a different uh, level of of faith and and
0: it's and good level that you're of seeing intimacy with him.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Mm. So um, how do you feel like this experience has changed your view of parenting or your understanding of maybe what parenting is?
1: Yeah, I um, I alluded to this a little bit earlier. It has just really shown me that God has a plan for each one of us. And mm-hmm. sometimes as parents, we can just get so wrapped up in His plans for our kids' lives and and His purpose and calling for our own lives. and. I think what Judah's condition has done for me is to help me in a healthy way to see each different journey that God has. And yes, we are intertwined as mm-hmm. parents and children, and our journeys are very much influenced by one another, but he has just this unique purposeful journey for each one of my children. And just like I was talking about earlier, like that affects my parenting and it frees me up to know that a good and loving and perfectly wise God has unique purpose for each one of my children that you know it being a faithful praying and an active parent i can I can move them toward um, by God's grace, oh my goodness, by God's grace, so much.
0: yeah,
1: but I think that's the main thing that it has changed about my parenting, although it has also helped me my The deeper my sorrow, the deeper my joy has been in parenting, Stephanie, if that makes sense. So okay. my sorrow, my deep sorrow has helped me to experience an even deeper joy in like my healthy children, mm. um, a deeper contentment in and trust um, that no matter what they face, what we face, God will carry us through and and will bring good from it Mm
0: -hmm. that's awesome yeah that is god is um doing so many things and he's at work in so many different situations and and i i think that you know the story of with judah is so interconnected with each of your kids and i think that that's um it's great that god is showing you you know you're not promised a child that's going to be healthy and you're not promised that, um, you know, that they're going to do this, this, and this. Yeah, These are all things to be thankful for and to praise God for. And, mm. um, and, but also, you know, yes, Judah does not have the health that we would want, but there's mm-hmm. still so much to, um, to thank him for, um, for the, you know, in his own, in his life as it is, even yeah. So, um, to people that might be listening, um, and they may have a child who um, has a life altering illness. Um, what what would you like to say to them?
1: Mm. I want to remind people because, and this seems so cliche, but because I have struggled and wrestled so much with how God can love me well and my son well and allow this um, but still believe that he loves us so deeply, I just want to remind parents of children with special needs or um, suffering like this that this your circumstances just don't change God's love for you. It has mm-hmm. no bearing on his love for you. Um, So I want to remind them just of his deep love for them that's displayed in Christ on the cross Uh, again and again, Stephanie, Mm -hmm. I had to turn my eyes to Jesus because there was a, there was a wrestling and a war going on in my faith and at the foundation of my beliefs of God loving me Mm -hmm. and being loving in this situation was asking the questions like, how could you be loving my son right now? How could you be loving me? How is this loving? Um, And many times was just brought to Christ on the cross. Mm. And I don't look at my circumstances and and my life to determine God's love for me. I look at the cross of Jesus Christ to determine his love for me. And so I think that in our pain and in our different adversities that we're facing, man, just remember the cross because that is where his love was poured out. Um, just being reminded of what he came down from heaven and did and offered to us there in that, in that act, he offered eternal freedom from what our child is suffering with and what we're, we're struggling with. Um, so, I think that I would just remind parents of His his love that's displayed in the cross and the promise that's there. And mm-hmm. also, I would just say, don't quit. Just don't give up. I know that sounds so like maybe elementary, buddy, buddy, don't you quit. But I mean, there are just days when things are really hard and you just really want to quit. And there are different ways to find refreshment on those days, but I just... I encourage parents to get to carve out spaces for the rest and the distance that they need from their um, situations and circumstances, and um, finding that space where they can refresh and rejuvenate so that maybe every day won't feel like a I want to quit day. Mm -hmm.
0: And what advice would you give to? Maybe Christians who want to support their friends and family who have children that are dealing Mm -hmm. with either a chronic illness or a severe, um, a severe illness of some kind.
1: Mm, Make them a meal. That's my first one. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask. Ask you know. Find out if they have allergies. However you can, just bring them a meal. Just show up. Bring them. Um, if they need diapers, just bring them diapers. Just We've been so blessed by these just random things. Give them a grocery card, gift card. Mm-hmm. Um, babysit for them if they need a date, if they have other children. Yeah. Um, and sometimes people are willing to um, stay with Judah, who just will let me walk them through, okay, this is what you do if this happens, this is what you do if that happens. Um, awesome. And there have been few, but Hey, if you would, if you're bent that way, you're like, oh, I'll take this on. Just show me what I need to do. I'll babysit for you. you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that parents with kids who have special needs are, um, those resources are few and far between at times just to have good quality care for their children. Um, so if you feel comfortable with that, offer that to them. Those are the few things that come to my mind. Um, even uh, writing a little, if you're far away, writing a, a thoughtful card uh with some some truth in it. it has been encouraging to me at times as well.
0: Yeah, um those folks that have stayed with Judah, did they have medical backgrounds or were they just people that were like I can I'm going to give it a shot?
1: And not always. A couple did, a couple were former nurses, mm-hmm. um and others are just friends who were like, "Yeah, just show me what to do." <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Sure. I think that's I mean I think that's got to be really intimidating to some folks, but Oh those, yeah, yeah, not for everybody. Yeah, but for those that are are willing to take it on and willing to to be there for you. How how amazing is that to be able to to walk away just for a little bit? Maybe to just go walk around Target, maybe to, you know, go to Starbucks just something to feel like you know, you're not tied to your house. Um, Absolutely. It's
1: got Scott, so to important be to like a prison. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's you're, you love the people in your home, but yeah, sometimes we got to get away. And I, and I, I was thinking of your kids. You, you have six other children that, yeah, um, you know, I'm sure they love their siblings most of the time. But if they're anything like <laughs> my kids, they, they want to get out away and they want to be invited to do stuff. And, how oh, yes. how incredible to, for maybe an adult or a friend of yours to be like, hey, I'll take you know the ones around this age, and we'll go to you know the park and just take a couple kids just to go do oh, something yeah. special, and or if you have kids Beauty. that are similar ages, like let's let's go grab a few of a few of Kendra's kids and just you know yes. give them a day out, and I mean, I I I have to believe that does. That does so much for the kids to just get out and to—I mean—they need to feel normal too, you know. (laughs) Like they need to—oh, yes—to feel like they are not stuck at home because you know there's seven kids, and I have one that really can't leave the house very easily. So, you know, it's—it's got to mean a lot.
1: Yeah, it means it means so much. It's a joy sometimes to see them get to go and have fun with other little friends their age. Um, one other thing I would say is just if you are that person who's a good listener to be that safe space for that friend or that family Mm
0: -hmm. member
1: to just vent or to just process what they have on their mind without judgment. Um, Mm. I know there are times that I just feel, you know, I know the truth, but I still feel I have to process my emotions and my pain and to have a safe space to do that where I won't be corrected or judged or, um, You know that I won't have somebody trying to fix things, but but will who will really just listen and maybe pray with me or um, share in in the pain is is really important as well.
0: Mm, That's awesome. That's really good. Um, Is there any other encouragement that you want to leave people with?
1: Man, I think I gave you all I got. (laughs)
0: I think oh, there there yeah. was a lot. I just wanted to give you one more space in case we uh in case we skipped over something you wanted to say. Uh, no, there's so much in here that is encouraging for folks and um you know, I I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing and um just letting us see a, a different side of things and letting us um kind of walk oh, a little sure. bit in your in your um in your shoes. So Changing gears a little bit. Okay. Yeah. What's something you're not very good at?
1: Mm. I'm going to say this because my husband is within hearing reach. I'm not very good at saving money. I'm very good at spending <laughs> it. In- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not very good at saving on things. I have these friends that find the best deals all the time, or they find these amazing finds at thrift stores. And I'm like, wouldn't you know that I'm just going to pick out the most expensive thing here every time in this store because I don't know I just don't have that knack for finding the deals. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yep.
0: What do that's you what, what are what you me. usually spending your money on? Is it kids stuff? Because that's me. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Stephanie. Honestly, it could be anything from kids stuff to clothes to food.
0: Yeah. yeah. To, yep not good at finding the deals. Yep. Not good at finding (laughs) the deals at all. What is one career that you wish you could have?
1: Mm, I was thinking about this a little bit. I think I would love to be a professional athlete. Yeah. I'm trying to think of which sport.
0: Did you play (laughs) sports in high school or college?
1: I played sports in high school, competitively basketball and volleyball were mm-hmm. my two favorites. And then I played intramural in college and club ball in college, which was still super competitive and I really loved it. Yeah. So I'd have to say maybe a professional volleyball player. Yeah. Mm, volleyball. I would like
0: ball. that. That's awesome.
1: Where are you from originally, by the way? I, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm from Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois, a small town called Anna.
0: Okay. All right. And where are you now?
1: We are in Rector, Pennsylvania. That's where our, um, that's where the Lord brought us. My husband works for City Kids. Summer's okay. best two weeks City Kids. And okay. we live here at the- That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, where is, where's Rector? <laughs> I have no clue. Rector is near Pittsburgh. It's about okay. an hour and five minutes from Pittsburgh. We're way out here in the woods, of course. We, we work for a camp, so.
0: Okay, yeah, I I went to nursing school in Philadelphia, and I would go every, well every year. I went a couple of years to a conference in Pittsburgh, and the joke yeah. in Pennsylvania is there's Philly, there's Pittsburgh, and there's Alabama in between. <laughs> that's what they would always <laughs> that's what they would always say about the in between. It's beautiful that's out right. there, but it is that's you. So it's true. so much country area. It's so different. Yeah, yeah, very awesome. much. Um, what is something that's changing your life these days? Any books, movies, anything um, that you're loving?
1: Just Mercy is the movie that has most recently changed okay. my life.
0: It's did you read the book?
1: Incredible. Yeah. I did not read the book, friend. I wish I did, but I just had to jump into the movie. Uh huh. Um, the message at the end was so powerful and something that I just... Our our nation just needs to hear the hope of that movie mm. right now, and then also a book called um, "Be the Bridge" by Latasha Morrison. This yeah. book is changing my life, along with my friends' lives around me. We're getting together starting this week. We've actually only read one chapter, uh huh, and we're meeting um, to discuss the okay. book. But Latasha Morrison is it's a New York Times bestseller, and it's. Um, God's heart for racial reconciliation. So
0: that's awesome. So is the group intentionally like a mixed race group, or is it just um, people that you wanted to talk to about it? I I'm not familiar with how the groups yeah, yeah, yeah. generally work.
1: Oh, absolutely. We just uh, gathered all the wives of our camping ministry full time staff, and uh-huh. so we have two. We will have. Let's see. Three. Actually, all the female staff. So we'll have three minorities um, present: two Uh black women, and about twenty women total.
0: Okay. Well, I think that'll be really enlightening in a lot of ways. And you know, the organization you work with doesn't don't they work a lot with different ethnic groups and um, different minority groups? So you
1: here at City Kids,
0: uh huh. So you. Uh, you would think that you're already kind of focused on that, but how enlightening to hear it from people that are walking through it and um, to share their experiences and how, you know, you can be an ally and an advocate for them. That's awesome.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's what we're, yeah, Yeah. why we're gathering.
0: Well, I am an audiobook person generally these days. I like to listen to them when I like go walking or, you know oh, cooking nice. dinner but just mercy yeah. the you know I listened to the audiobook before I watched the movie ah. but it is it's so good i the movie was great i loved the movie i thought they did a really yep. good job um me I th- too i think one of the things that um stuck out to me the most about it is this idea that like You know the expression. You know, sometimes it's like throwing deck chairs off the Titanic. Like, (laughs) you feel sometimes Mm -hmm. like you're just this little drop, like this little droplet in this ocean. Like you're barely making a difference. But, you know, to that to that person, you know, he, you know, for Walter McMillan that you know, he's transformed his life and changed his whole life. Yeah, and. And there's so many difficult hurdles along the way, but his perseverance, I think, was so inspiring and like you know not not giving up despite the fact that you work hundreds and hundreds of hours to see one change happen or there's so many setbacks along the way. and I think it was really, really inspiring to me about that.:
1: Absolutely. I agree 100 percent.
0: So um, how can people connect with you, Kendra?
1: Hey, you can connect with me on Facebook, okay. Instagram, um, Kendra Pope at both places. You okay. can connect with me at whenhopeisreal.com. Um, I'm at one of those three places daily. So I would love to I would love to connect.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I'll I'll put I'll make sure and put the links to that in um in the show notes. But I I really take I really appreciate you taking the time today just to chat and to to share what you're going through. In the midst of the hard times, I think, you know, like yeah. you talked about at the beginning, a lot of times we want to have a nice, pretty bow to put on things, but that's not how life is. Yeah. That's not, yeah. you know, I that and seeing somebody in the midst of the difficult times that they're still choosing to be joyful and still choosing to, um, to praise God is mm-hmm. so encouraging and, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just praying for you and um I really just thank you so much. Yeah, I just appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got a lot going on and um I just I'm so thankful for it.
1: Oh, I appreciate you inviting me in. I I um I've known from the beginning just I've wanted to share God's story of faithfulness through this through this pain and he's he's called me to do that. So I just thank you so much, Stephanie, for giving me the opportunity.
0: I think most of us cannot imagine what it would be like to have a perfectly healthy child suddenly transformed before our eyes. I know I can't comprehend what that would be like, but it is so encouraging to hear someone share God's faithfulness in the midst of that. I'm so thankful for Kendra and for her words and her testimony of God's goodness. You should check out her website whenhopeisreal.com and read her blogs. They are so beautiful. Also, check out the camp that she and her husband run, City Kids, and all the good work they are doing. I know with the pandemic going on, they chose not to open this summer, and that's really hard, but I know God has big things in store for them next summer. I have a big favor to ask. Please take a moment and head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick rating and review. Reviews are so important to helping other people find the podcast so that it can be a blessing to them. Thanks so much for listening, and remember to stay faithful, friends.